you know, sometimes technology really works really well, and sometimes it totally fails. And last night, technology totally was failing me. And so I gave up, and I said, I got another plan. And that plan worked, and then other things haven't worked. But you know what? I've learned that it doesn't matter. <laughs> because we have gathered together here um, for the first time since March something. 22nd was our first online church experience. Yep, up and jump. And it's been good that we've been able to do the online thing, have technology work, all that. But I, I have to tell you, I am tired of, of talking to you through a camera. I mean, uh, I can do it. It's easy enough now, but it's actually good to see your face, at least your eyes. And it's good to be with you, even if we're all over the place. Hey, Leland, what are you doing? You're going to drum. Does anyone notice that he's really busy? Does anyone else envy his energy? Nobody. No one wants to be that busy. Everyone, how many, how many would like to just, where is McKinley sleeping over there yet? No, eating. Well, he's eating, right? So who would like to have a snack? Oh, man. Okay, you guys don't have to be that quiet. You can raise your hands a little bit and wave. Um, but one thing that is true is, uh, you probably agree with me on this one, if anything else, is that, um, is that you don't get to choose your family, Right? Does anyone here wish they could sometimes? <laughs> choose your friends carefully because you can't choose your family. Well, I hate to tell you today, but I, I firmly believe that God has called us to be family. And we don't get to choose who gets to walk through the door, but God wants us to welcome them as if they were family. And if you look on the wall right above uh, Sandra and Glory's heads, we have the word belong. And one of the things that we felt God call us to do uh, as we went through the regenerate process and, and as we started putting together some long-term plans, we, we said, uh, you know, there's a closeness in our church, but God wants us to take that closeness and expand our circle a little bit more. God actually wants us to grow our circle and, and invite others as if they were family. And so for the next few weeks, as we talk about following Jesus, we're going to talk a little bit more what it means to, to help people belong. So what, is it, what does it mean for family? When you walk into your house, you know that it's your house. How do you know it's your house? Aside from the fact that you've maybe paid rent to it or you've paid mortgage payments, how do you know it's your house? People are happy to see you. And my family is not always happy to see me. But, but, but you're right. People are happy to see me. The dog, at least, is happy. I don't have a dog, but the dog is always happy to see you. If we could all love like dogs love their owners, this world would be amazing, right? But what, what are some things that let you know that you're home? Just shut it out, and you have to shout loud. Food? Furniture. Furniture that's familiar to you, yeah. That's comfortable. The smell. Hey. When you know that you can throw your cars around, come on. <laughs> How else do you know? One of the things we said is you have pictures of your family on the wall. 
You have pictures. We, uh, maybe you don't, but we have pictures of our kids on the wall, and they remind us all the time. That was me when I was little, and that one is me. And then Leland says, "Me? That one there." They all have to have their their moment. What else reminds you of home? Sierra reminds you of home. Your stuff. Don't leave your stuff here, though. You're a teenager girl, and they leave stuff everywhere. Is that what it looks like at your house? Yeah. But then you probably have someone tell you to clean it up, right? Was that Alyssa? What about Alyssa? What what reminds you of home? I don't know. I'm putting everyone on the spot. See, I I haven't been able to do this for months. It's awesome. Your bed? Okay, so you, you are allowed to sleep in church, by the way. I had this conversation yesterday with Rebecca. Um, especially if you're like the Baxters or the houses on these nice comfy couches, you guys are allowed to sleep in church because I had someone tell me, they said, I don't sleep well at night and I come to church and I sleep like a baby and I said, go for it. I said, if you can feel that peace in the presence of God and just have the best sleep of your life, go for it. I said, I won't bother me, so you can sleep. But I believe God has called us to be like family. God is doing something incredibly new through us. He's doing more of what he already did and more of the things that God does, which means we've got to do less of the things that we do. Pretty, pretty straightforward thing. Um, this past summer, we had Morgan, our niece, come live with us, and uh, she was our, our live-in child care. I should probably say thanks to her for coming and living with us. And so she started to do the things that we Adunos like to do. So we would uh, get up, you know, as soon as... As soon as 7 o'clock hit, we were wide awake, and um, at least the kids were. And, you know, they'd be ready to go. And so she would join in on what they were ready to do. Uh, She would start singing with the rest of us, because when in our house, there's a lot of singing. Um, She would eat the same food that we ate. Uh, She would start talking to the kids the same way mom and dad started talking to the kids. And I said, I'm surprised. The Morgan I knew is not the Morgan that is here today. I knew her when she was eight years old. This was the first time I met her. And uh, listening to her put on her mom voice talking to the kids was rather impressive. Listening to her try to put her foot down was rather impressive. She started to do the things that mom and dad started to do. Uh, We would go ATV and go for a ride through the bush. And she did that for the first time in her life. And she screamed almost the whole way. Sort of. I can make fun of her because she's not here and she's family. But she became, she became one of us. She rode in our vehicle. She ate our food. She got up when we got up. She went to bed when we got, went to bed. She did the things that Adunos like to do. She became part of our circle of family. Being family means taking care of one another. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for my kids or for my wife. We're generous to family. How many here would do anything for your kids? You have a brother or sister, they're in, a, they're in trouble. What's your first reaction as family? You're going to do what? You're going to do what you can to help them. You know, I like our church. I like our church family. In fact, I love our church family. I love, this is the best church that we've ever pastored in, in the entire world. I've only pastored in like four places. This is the favorite one, because God has called us here for this season. Last summer, we were visiting another church of a pastor that is, a, is someone that I really look up to. And, uh, you know, it's a big church, blah, 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 blah. It was really cool to be there. They do some cool things. It was great to hear the, the, the worship and the speaking and all this and that. But 
watching people worship was awesome, but it wasn't home because that was not my family. This is my family. I am at home when I am with you here today. I believe God is doing something new. He's prepared us the last 45 years. Believe it or not, it was August 1975 when people in Terrace Bay started meeting together because they wanted a move of God to happen here in this community. I believe God has been preparing us 45 years for this moment and the moments to come. A statement I said back on Easter Sunday is this. I probably stole it from somebody, but I don't remember who, so I can't give them credit. But here's what it is. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. Does anyone here like getting stuck? No one. I got Morgan stuck really good in the ATV, literally the day before she left. I was like, I think we can make it, Morgan. And then I started going, and I said, "Mm, I don't think we'll make it, Morgan. Let's back up. And it was too late. And we spun and spun the tires. We pushed, we pulled. We Sorry. She watched. I pushed, I pulled. She watched. I pushed, I pulled. It was a lot of fun. But if I tried to go that way again, I got stuck again. I thought, maybe this time it will work. Nope, I got stuck again. Why on earth would I think you could go that way and still think you could make it? If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. Doing things the way we used to do them, saying the things that the way we used to say them, will never go beyond where we are now. We live in a constant state of change, hence where Rebecca is sitting today. The world continues to change. Cultures continue to change. The way people communicate and connect changes. Technology changes. But you know one thing that never changes? is the love of God. And the way we share the love of God might change, the way that we connect with people might change, but the fact that God sent His Son to be the way, the truth, and the life, that will never change. The fact that God is using His people, His church, to bring reconciliation between people and Jesus and the Heavenly Father, that will never change. How we get there might, but it will never change. I'm going to read from the Bible today because that's why we're a church from the Bible. Is that our daughter? Oh, no. From Matthew chapter 9 today, verse 14 to 17, Jesus is challenged by some of John's disciples. And I think it's, it's not necessarily a hostile challenge. It's just it's a question for him. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 9. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that when the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus answered them, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he was with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will put away from the garment and make the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, this, I think, is a fair and normal question. 
And Jesus gives us a few hints in here today. Mackenzie, sit down. Sit down. Thank you. Jesus gives us a few hints in here today as to what is going on. Uh, he says, when the bridegroom comes, when there's a party happening, that's not a time for fasting. And during this time, Jesus is basically saying, hey, look, I am here to be the groom of the church, to be here to say, this is a new day. This is a moment of celebration. I'm going to do something new, something that hasn't been done before so that I can take you to the place that you've never been before. The bridegroom has come. It's time for a party. It's not time for fasting. We see Jesus in this moment, picturing the relationship, comparing John the Baptist and his disciples. John the Baptist came for a certain season to do a certain task. He was a reformer. He was trying to bring repentance out of the Jewish culture, out of the Jewish people. He was saying, look, I understand you have traditions. Use those traditions to find the Father. Do the things that you've done, but do them properly so you get to the Father. However, Jesus did not come to patch up an old system. Jesus did not come to plug the holes in the boat. Jesus did not come and put new wine in old wineskins, as it is said. Has anyone here ever had any sort of drink from a wineskin before? I don't think I ever have drinking anything that is inside an animal hide. But that's what a wineskin was. It was like a little pouch. And what would happen, the wine would get poured into it, the crushed grapes, and it would ferment. And as the carbon dioxide expanded inside the wineskin, the wineskin itself would expand. And so once that was gone, if you were to pour new wine into that wineskin, all the chemical reactions of the grapes being crushed and all the carbon dioxide being released and everything that would happen, it would expand even more and cause it to break because it is stretched as far as it could go. And then, of course, everything would be wasted. So trying to do something new the way you've always done it before will lead to failure. Does anyone here like to fail? Oh, come on. Nobody likes to fail? You know what the benefit of failure is? Is learning. Um, today, this is our first in-person gathering. Do you think we got everything right? Probably not. Maybe it's not a full failure, but there's probably things that we can improve on. If we learn from them, we can move forward because it means we learn how to do something different. I think it was Thomas Edison. He, I can't remember how many times he tried and failed to, in, to create the incandescent light bulb. He says, I didn't fail. He says, I learned X number of ways how not to make a light bulb. Talk about positive, optimistic personality. Jesus did not come to patch up old traditions. He came to offer real growth. He came to offer real change, like new wine in new wineskins. He takes what has always been done, and he says, enough of that. And he says, I'm going to take you somewhere that you've never been before. I believe following Jesus needs to be the greatest adventure of your entire life. If you decide to follow Jesus and nothing has changed in your life, you're probably following wrong. I believe that it should be the greatest adventure in your entire life. And my question to us this morning is this. When was the last time Jesus did something different through you? When was the last time he did something different? And I don't mean because there's a pandemic and everything has changed and we've had to do things differently. I think God can use that. I think God can use those things to help point us in the right direction. But when was the last time God did something fresh in your life? 
And if the answer is, I don't know, the next question is this, when was the last time you asked him to do something different? Now, for those of you who don't like change, you're saying, God, please leave things the same. When was the last time God used you to bring someone else into the faith? Because that is a sign of a, of a mature Christian. How do you know that you're mature in your faith? Is, first of all, how do you know when you're mature? Is when you reproduce. How do you know a person is mature? Typically, they say when they get married and they start having children. They're, they've come of age to start reproducing what God intended for them to reproduce. When you're a mature Christian, you start reproducing what Jesus did in your, your own life, and you start introducing him into the lives of others. And he starts to do a work in them. And when they start to do and follow the ways of Jesus, and he starts to do a work in their lives, they begin to reproduce what Jesus done in their life and will do it in someone else's life. God has called us to be mature. He's called us to change, not for the sake of change, but because he's got something better for you and for me. When was the last time God did something through you that was different? Here's a question for you. Who is the light of the world? Shout out the answer. Wrong. Who is the light of the world? The church. Rebecca got it right. She gets the gold star this morning. I know how much she likes them. Jesus told us, you are the light of the world, a city on the hill, a light that cannot be hidden. How many remember the song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it. This little light of, I'm going to let it. This little light of, I'm going to let it. Let it, let it, let it. Great job. Who's the light of the world? Who's the light of the world? Beautiful. Let God do something new in you today. Because if you don't do it, who will? If we don't, if we don't be the church, if we don't love like Jesus, if we don't serve others like Jesus, if we don't invite them into our family the way Jesus invited people to his table, or he would just invite himself over to their house. Who, who likes when people invite themselves over to their, your house? Who likes when they do that during a pandemic? Okay. It's part of being family. The ways of Jesus really aren't that complicated. When you understand how God loves, love like God loves. When you start looking at your neighbor as if they're your family, the things that you will do for them begins to change, which leads us to, of course, generosity over here behind Nancy. Nancy's got to be, it's perfect that you sat there, Nancy. You've got to be one of the most generous, loving people that I've ever known. She's generous with her time. She's generous with her love. And the way that you share yourself, Nancy, is incredible. God has just used you to bless me in so many ways in our church. Thank you. I wasn't going to, that's not in my notes, by the way. I just feel that that's from God that you need to hear that today. But when God's love changes us, he begins to, 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 to change the way we view other people. And we can't help but do something to help fix their needs that they have. Whether it's physical, emotional, or even spiritual, God wants to use you to make a difference in their lives. Let God do something new with you today. And so, of course, when something new comes, that means what has to go, the old. If something is going to change, if you're going to gain and take something on, that means something has to go. So the question that we're challenged with today and the question I ask myself, Gary, what are the things that need to break in your life? 
If I pour new wine into old wineskins, they're going to break. I'm going to have to start over again. And so what are the things in my life that need to break away? What are the old wineskins? What are the old habits? What are the things that I used to do that don't get me anywhere? What are those things that I need to go? And if I start writing down the list, it's going to be long. Believe it or not, I told you that pastors weren't perfect. Chad can prove it to you. He can, you can show you the little dent here behind Ronan. The, the chair is placed there strategically. Brand new painted wall. Greg patched it up with the drywall, pulled off the carpet, and I hit the wall with the hammer and put a hole in the wall. Shouldn't have used the hammer. What are the things, what are the habits, what are the things we need to break in our own lives that we need to just allow Jesus to break them, let go, and let him fill us up. If Elizabeth is ready and willing, she's going to sing for us a song today. It's a song from, from Hillsong in Australia called New Wine. And I have a task for us this morning as she does that, something that might stretch us a little bit. How many here, if I can find my own phone, here it is. How many have a phone with them? How many keep your, your contacts in your phone? If you don't have that, how many have an address book with them today? Yeah, yeah you have one? Are you going to call your buddy? I want you to pull out your phone if you have your contacts in there. If you have an address book, I want you to pull that out this morning. And as you pull that out, I want you to write down, either on your phone or if you have a piece of paper or if you want to do this later, that's fine. But as you do that, I want you to write down all the names that you see there, and put a check mark, whether physically or mentally, beside the names of the people you know are followers of Jesus. And I want you to celebrate their salvation today. As Elizabeth sings this song, with all the remaining names that are in your list that do not have a check mark beside their name, or if you're unsure, I want you to write their names on a separate piece of paper, and I want you to begin to pray for those individuals. Pray for those that don't know the love of God. Ask Father God to soften their heart. Ask the Father to reveal himself to them in a real, tangible, practical way. Maybe even through a miracle, through a sense of his presence, through another Christian. Here's an awesome story for you. You've maybe heard my story when I was in kindergarten. I dragged my mom to church. I said, we're going to start going to church, mom. It's all good. And I said... I don't care, we're just going to start going to church. And she said, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Anyways, long story short, we ended up at church. When I was two, two years old, we went on a summer vacation to the East Coast. Stopped in Toronto, picked up my aunt, and we kept on driving to the Maritimes. Everywhere we went, my aunt had become a Christian, and she started talking to my mom about Jesus. My mom wanted nothing to hear about it. They would get into conversations. I don't remember this. This is what I've heard. They would get into conversations. My mom would say things to her like, well, I'm a good person. Like, yeah, I'm going to heaven when I die. I've done good things. There's, you know, some bad things in my life, but I've done more good than bad. And my aunt would get in these arguments with her and say, it's not good enough. You need Jesus in your life. Everywhere they went on that trip, they met a Christian. Pumping gas. The person pumping gas would be a Christian. Going to a restaurant, the waiter would be a Christian. The hotel desk clerk would be a Christian. We had plans to get together with some old friends of hers. We got together with them, and they're kind of nervous and awkward, and they begin to tell my mom who they used to party with all the time and get into trouble with. They began to tell her, uh, Dixie, we became Christians while you were gone. 
And she was faced person after person after person. As you look at your list, pray that God would put Christians in sight, people that love Jesus, put them in their path. Two years later, after that trip, my mom finally walked into the church and gave her heart to God because people were praying for her and for us. Because people were willing to step out of the way, do something different, share their faith with them. This is a miracle. Never stop praying. Never stop praying for the lost. Never stop reaching out. After you've prayed for each person, I want you to take the next step. Maybe it'll be new. Maybe it'll be uncomfortable. Maybe it'll become natural to you. Ask God to give you strength. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with his power. But invite them to come to church. Invite them to watch online. Sit with them. Talk with them. Make fun of the pastor together, whatever you got to do. Take a step of faith and invite them into a relationship with Jesus. When they begin to see and understand the love of God, the way it has compelled you and I, their lives will change, and God will do something great through them. So you can start this task. Elizabeth's going to play this song for us today, and then we'll close in prayer. So here's what we're going to do. I know that we're probably sitting with our families, and that's okay, but as I pray, would you, would you just look to the person that's next to you and just share with them one name of somebody that you can pray for together this morning? And there's many people that will pray for, but think of one person that you would like to pray that they, you would love for them to know Jesus. And as I pray, go ahead and just lean over to that person and then begin to pray with them for your two people that you share. Can we do that this morning? If you're online, do the same thing. You can even text someone and say, hey, I'm praying for so-and-so today. You don't have to put it in the comments, but just whisper to the person next to you the name of the person that you're going to pray for, that you desire to see. And then as I pray, we're going to believe in faith together that God is going to get their attention whether through you or through some supernatural miracle, we believe that God's going to bring a change to their life. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that there is none like you. I thank you for your love, O oh God, that brought salvation to this group of people that have gathered here today, that have, Lord, changed, transformed and changed our lives. God, I pray today that you would do something new in us and that we would be able to share that goodness, that grace, that love that you've done, that change that you've done. Lord, may it be a tangible change that would get the attention of those around us. That they would look at us and say, what happened to them? What happened to him? What happened to her? What happened to that family? What happened to that church? What's going on over there? God, I pray for the names that we've written down on our papers today or put in a mental note. For those of us that will do it when we get home, God, I pray for each and every one of those names, those people that are close to us. I pray through faith today in Jesus Christ, through the power of His Holy Spirit, that we'll see them come to know You, God. That we'll see them come to understand that they are loved by You. God, I pray that we would see an increase, Lord, of people that would know You, that would call you friend, that would call you father. God, I pray that you would change hearts, Lord, now. And for the names that we shared with one another today, we have the faith to believe Jesus. 
We have the faith to believe for that soul, that person, O oh God, that they would come to know you. And Lord, that they would, Lord, turn from the things that they've always done and they would turn to the ways to do the things that you've called them to, O oh God. God, make us a vessel. Do something new in me, O oh God. Use me. Use your power through me, O oh God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online, in person. I would love your feedback. Uh, some things that we can work on as far as meeting in person, things we can do better. Um, I think it's pretty cool that we only have one empty row technically left this morning. So, you know, depending on how many people come or could potentially come, uh, we may just have to reconfigure things a little bit. But if you have suggestions, let me know. Give me a phone call, send me a message, or we can yell at each other across the parking lot. But as you go today... Um, you don't have to go home, but you, you really can't stay here. You can, you can hang out in the parking lot if you really want to. But uh, we just want to honor the, as best as we can the sort of the, the safety that is required of us for indoor spaces. So if you'd like to meet, it's not quite raining, but we encourage you to do that. You might even be able to fill up your coffee cup on the way out. But uh, if you have a need, I want to hear it. I want to be with you. If you have a celebration, we want everyone to hear it. We want to share what God has done. But thank you so much for joining us today. It's good to see you. If you're online, we'd love, so glad to have you join us as well. Thank you so much for watching and participating. God bless everyone.